We are speaking today with William Stadlin, founder and head of Holland Park Tuition, an education consultants, a leading firm of private tutors and international educational consultants with offices in London and Dubai. William, for our US families considering a move to the UK, who often have their children in top private schools in the US, it can be quite a shock to find out how difficult it is to secure a place here. For our transatlantic listeners, what do you see as the major challenges in moving students between the US and the UK systems? And can you give us some advice about how to bridge the differences between the two approaches? Um, well, thank you very much for having me. And. Um... Uh, you're absolutely right. It is uh, a big challenge um, at any point of a uh, given year um, and for any family and for any child to find a place in the UK education system. Um, I will, for the purposes of this discussion, um, be referring to the independent sector in the UK, the sector where uh, one pays for one's education, um, as that's my area of expertise. And I think that most of the challenges that face families uh, trying to find a place at school for their children in the UK um, tend to be within three different sections. And those are sort of social, curricular, and uh, timing. So for families considering a move to the UK, my experience has been um, uh, that it's got to be focused around what is best for the child. As with all things in families and, and, and in the realm of education, it's got to do um, with what is best for that child. And why I say social is because a very important decision must be made as to is this the right timing for this boy or girl actually to uproot, to leave their home in the States uh, and to try and build a new life in London. And the first response for most children, for most happy children in, in the States or wherever they are in the world, uh, will be absolutely not. No, mum, I don't want to go. Um, so there's got to be a really compelling reason, and more often than not, that's because one or other parent has um, uh, been offered the job or must move for career purposes, and so be it. There, there cannot be much argument around that. So whilst that needs to be kind of... Uh, addressed as a family I would I would recommend um, and engaging the child or children in, 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 in into an adult debate where the real kind of issues are laid out and the options are discussed the second important set of issues are around the curriculum the curricular issues and there's a massive difference uh, between the US and the UK systems between um, you know the uh, the PYP, MYP and uh, SAT systems and the GCSE and A-level uh, systems that we have here. And typically the perception is that there's between one and a half and two years uh, difference between the two. Um, most schools in the UK, it is perceived, um, are about a year and a half, two years ahead in terms of the, 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 the material, the topics. And it's best to look at this within the context of uh, mathematics, because that's where it's easiest to sort of, you know, calibrate. Uh, however, that's not where the issues and, and, and the challenges uh, end, because you can kind of catch up with, um, that amount of time, but you could also convert. And remember that within the States itself, there are 
a wide variety of different iterations of the American education system. So one's got to convert between whichever element of the US system one's in and the UK system. And that is uh, important to understand and even more important to achieve so that come September, the uh, child can hit the ground running. And you want smooth assimilation into the UK education system, um, which is not always possible, but one can iron out those edges as much as uh, one can. So that's curricula. We've talked about social. The third uh, is timing. And because a lot of the work we do is around relocating families uh, for corporate assignees, there are often very short uh, time spans. So it can be sort of five weeks I need to find a place for my daughter to start in uh, school in London uh, in September 2013. Uh, or it can be, which is even more difficult for us, uh, kind of mid-term, so January. Um, and that's uh, important that families understand just how difficult that is. The big irony about UK education is how few secondary schools, decent secondary schools, or even secondary schools at all within the independent system, there are in London. There are the same issues uh, in Hong Kong as there are in New York. In London, geographically, we are restricted. So one needs to bear in mind that given a year, or even better, 18 months, one can achieve pretty much anything. And by that, I would mean on the basis of a consultation with us, an assessment of the child's education um, and academic abilities, we would be able to find a school that suited the child and in which the child would thrive. Um, just a little addendum before we move on to something else is um, the fact that one must always look at all children in the family. More often than not, we start by discussing one child, usually the eldest child in the family, and invariably we end up discussing every child because the educational logistics of one child impact directly onto his or her siblings and vice versa. So one wants one strategy to incorporate the entire family. I'm going to move on now because I think if you've given us a really uh, good idea of sort of the basic challenges of moving between the US and the UK. Um, and I want to move on to your other area of expertise, which is uh, the area of private tutors. Um, and uh, the, the papers are filled with articles about the rise of private tutors in the UK. And while you know, no parent wants their child to be at a disadvantage in a highly competitive school system, it's often difficult to know if or when a child would benefit from extra tuition and what to look for when searching for a tutor. Um, can you help our listeners understand how to best approach private tuition in this country and how to be a smart consumer of the service? Well, I could do my best. <laughs> and I think probably the first thing to say is never to panic. It may well be the case that a third of children or, or half of children being educated in London at the moment have tutors. 
but that's not a reason uh, for a family to take on a tutor. You should not have a tutor unless there's a very real and compelling reason to do so. So we'll come back to that in a second. But in order to identify uh, who is best placed to be your tutor, one ought to start with an idea of precisely why it is one is deciding to have a tutor. And that again, as with the school search, comes down to the child herself and comes down to the situation that she finds herself in and where she is relative to her peer group. And by peer group, I mean the group of children uh, in her class or facing the similar exam that she's facing or competing for a place in the same school that she's competing uh, to gain a place at. Again, it's to do with the conversation with the child and as much as possible, one ought to be engaging the children in this situation in uh, an adult conversation where all the information is laid out in front of one. And if the child is against it, uh, it really ought not to happen. Um, as we've said, one can lead a horse to water, but one can't make her think. If the child is so against it, uh, there ought to be a conversation that's had until um, she agrees to have it. But if there's too much resistance, uh, there's 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 some um, little point in doing it, as that resistance will only grow. So one needs to identify a tutor who has specific and relevant experience and qualification. And qualification uh, is one thing, but experience means working uh, with children for a significant number of hours successfully to uh, achieve the set goal. Now there's a perception I guess around tutoring that it's to do with only fine tuning and preparing for exams. Mm -hmm. Now that's absolutely not the case. Um, since 2004 we've been working with schools so our work is, is referred to us directly by the pre-prep, prep, independent secondary and boarding schools uh, in London and the surrounding area. So it's either to catch back up to where a child ought to be, to build confidence, and when it comes to it, from April on, to prepare for exams. So that's who the tutor ought to be. And when you are meeting a tutor, one of the, the, the finest characteristics of a highly skilled tutor will be to have a conversation with the child, a priori, where she is encouraged to be as honest as possible about the things that she is not admitting to herself perhaps or to her parents about just how bad that situation is in French or just really what she doesn't understand in maths or whatever the other subjects are she's looking at because if one can create a safe haven in which she can be really honest about look I need help with x y and z then the tutor can create an environment in which is actually deeply relaxing, deeply reassuring, really to get all one's gremlins out onto the table and then deal with them one by one. And almost for parents as well, it crystallises uh, what uh, is a cause for concern. You know, if, if there are items that do need to be addressed, well, let's see what they are in, in the broad light of day and address them. So. The advice would be don't get a tutor unless there's a compelling reason to do so. If you are going to, understand exactly why it is that your child would need a tutor. Find the tutor whose skills are matched best to uh, 
the uh, challenges involved and find the person who's going to get on best with your son or daughter. If it doesn't work, if that chemistry is not there, uh, abandon this particular project with this person. We, we have a registration fee which is um, and must be refundable at any point if the parent is not and the child is not happy with the tutor. And that will nine times out of ten uh, not be the case, but the one time it is would tend to be because the personality match isn't there. So this is going to be someone who comes to your home, you've got to trust them, and they've got to sit with your son or daughter, and they've got to get on. It's a very intimate one-on-one -on -one kind of form of education in your in your living room. Um, there's no place to hide. This, these two people, your child and your tutor, have got to get on. Um, so I would be a very involved parent if one if if I were to have a tutor. I'd really want to see what was going on and I'd like to get regular feedback from my tutor and I'd like to get regular feedback from my from, from my son or daughter and you know. I'm I'm interested in how you find um, these rare pearls um, mm. that in my experience seem very young. Um, you've, you've talked about their experience, um, and it, it is in fact, uh, in my experience, their youth um, that uh, drives the chemistry fit um, with my children, uh, who love working with someone closer to their age than um, a lot of their teachers. So how, how do, does Holland Park find these these young energetic uh very capable tutors who also have the right credentials and experience well in order to find those gems we scour london we absolutely spend our entire time scouring london and we've been doing it for nine years now and we have uh, what we think uh, to be a very very good idea of what makes a um a good tutor and that is actually different the different children in different age groups. So our, our tutors will tend to be late 20s, early 30s, um, but they must have experience and they must be someone um, who, who, who will inspire us in an interview. I myself, along with my colleagues, interview every single tutor that's on our um, books extensively. And frankly, if somebody can teach me 11, you know, 11 plus maths, the idea is that they can teach a 10-year-old, frankly. My subject was English at Oxford. That is one good test. But one's looking for someone with passion for their subject. One's looking for someone who's able to put themselves into the shoes of the learner and uh, assume zero knowledge, but not talk down to a child. Someone who's going to have the patience to find the angle from which that child is going to understand your trigonometry or whatever it is they're they're teaching um, and it's got to be someone who uh one as an adult would invite into one's home and have at a dinner party you know this is sending young very well qualified very experienced professional tutors in people's homes they've got to get on with everyone else in the house so after the um interview process which is actually funneled by a recruitment system where we get about 100 cvs a week from interested applicants uh, some of them 
will have an astrophysics degree from the University of Cambridge, but they can't look you in the eye and uh, they can't explain um, you know, what an atom is. So there's a, there's a great deal of need for communication and, and interpersonal skills. So once they pass those uh, fairly rigorous um, vetting processes, uh, then of course we run a DBS, which is the old CRB, the criminal record check, um, ought to go without saying. And then we put them through a, um, a professional training program and we ask for two references. So after all of that, we still don't back ourselves 100%. We still then ask for the parents and the children's feedback. We're confident that we find the best tutors, but we need the parents to confirm that for us. So tutors then remain on our books on the basis of positive feedback from previous parents. And because the work that we do is referred to us by schools, we have the highest level of expectation on us from the schools. So we've got to be good at our game. <laughs> That's great. Um, I just want to sort of double back to um, your work with school searches mm. and ask you, um, in, in your experience, what... Um, in addition to taking the, the child on side um, in the beginning of the school search, um, what can parents do uh, if they're faced with this very difficult short notice, mm. bad timing? Uh, they've got their children in top schools. Uh, in cities in the United States, and they are facing this situation where they have to move, um, you know, uh, and they get over here, and uh, the child may not be offered a place immediately at Westminster or St. Paul's Girls. Um, how do you counsel uh, those families, and, and what are the things you can do so you don't panic? Uh, and say, all right, we shouldn't be moving. <laughs> we... I, I have to address that um, with the caveat that you've introduced, which is uh, that the family has to move. If there's no choice but to move, then what we can do is we can find the best possible interim solution the best possible interim school uh, for that child where uh, he or she can continue her education. And uh, it is sometimes been the case that that solution is actually an American curriculum school or an international curriculum school, which have the advantages of uh, curricula dip in, dip out. We would then take full advantage of uh, the essence of that interim uh, existence by providing tuition in London uh, to achieve that very conversion that we talked about earlier has been key mm -hmm. to this process of identifying the right school. Um, one then actually buys oneself some more time because if that child is happy in, in, in her interim school and um, will not have to leave for reasons um, surrounding um, age groups, so uh, 
a, um, an international school uh, does not um, kick children out at any age before the age of 18, we can actually take our time, fully prepare that child, and during that process actually um, continue the negotiation with the, with, with the target schools. So it is doable, um, but unless you have a school and you don't have to move, don't move. <laughs> it would be, would be my, my advice. I hear you, but that, that sounds like very good advice uh, in, in terms of providing you know, a solution that could work well for a family. Um, you are very involved in, in children and education, so I just want to throw out the wild card question. Mm. Mm. Um, what do you think is the single most important thing that a a parent can do to help a child be successful in school? Um, very straightforward answers, and it starts from a very early age. Um, read to, to your child. The more you can read to your child, the greater her imagination will be, the greater her vocabulary will be, and the greater her conversation skills will be. There's also a great value in at least one parent, at least once a day, sitting down with their child or children at a dinner table with no television on and conversing, speaking with one another and expecting and eliciting opinion and reaction. Because of course then that not only uh, develops the uh, mental agility and the thought processes, but it also develops the storytelling and therefore the writing abilities of a child. Um, if you can have a, a, a household where, where uh, there are plenty of books and education is um, something that is valued, then that is uh, of huge um, kind of use to your, uh, to your child. But probably the, the best, the, the single best thing you can do is to encourage your children to read. The children who read are the children who succeed. It's just absolutely pervasive to their performance in education, but really, far more important than education, just in life. I think it, it colours someone's personality in a way that can't be defined and, and uh, that really can't be um, you know, replaced. That's great. Um, William, I, uh, we want to thank you for being on Tanager Talks today. We've learned a lot. Uh, about school searches, about private tuition, and about the importance of reading and language uh, when working with children. So thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.